You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 224, we're discussing DC Film Multiverse, more Hasbro announcements, and revisiting theater weekends of the past. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sunny. <laughs> Sunny is already off to a great start this week. I had a hard time getting out that title. You it was a bit of a mouthful. You handled it like a pro, my friend. I was trying to make Tim laugh. He is like solid, man. He's like rock solid. Like he has the concentration of orange juice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've been dealing with Sanjay for 224 episodes, so that is why I'm a pro. But guys, <laughs> this week we've got a packed episode. We're talking DC film multiverse. This thing is expanding. We saw it expanded in the CW verse in a big way. Carlos and I talked about this a couple months ago, and this thing is taking off very timely as well because we just got it through a talk on that Schumacher, that Burton verse last week. Go check that out. It looks like we're expanding back into the Burton verse, back into Michael Keaton as Batman. Very exciting news there. We're also talking more Hasbro announcements. It seemed that Hasbro is the only company on the planet that has more product to deliver than they do time to give it to us. It's unbelievable what is coming out. We've got the Fan Choice Awards. we got the Vintage Collection. More 40th Anniversary Black Series to discuss. And guys, here is the thing. That last little bit of the title that I had a hard time getting out, Revisiting Theater Weekends of the Past. Now, guys, it was pretty slow other than some of these, these big news articles, but we wanted some to anchor the show in. And Sanjay's always throwing ideas our way and what we're gonna do this week we're gonna have some fun we're gonna go back to celebrate the reopening of theaters here in canada we're gonna go back to some of the theater weekends the best theater crossover weekends that is where you could go and sit for one day you could go back in time hit that 88 in the delorean go to any place anytime and watch movies for the day but the key caveat here is that those movies have to be playing on that day in that particular year on that particular weekend. So, for example, you could go back to, say, 2012 and watch The Avengers and Dark Knight Rises in one sitting. Cool. So something like that. So we're going to have fun with that. It's going to be – we'll explain a little bit more. I know it sounds maybe a little confusing now, but we actually had a blast sounds putting it together. fun. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's going to be fun. That's what these are about. You know, when we do these sideways episodes, talking about something a little different, revisiting the past, it's about kind of bringing in that nostalgia and what we could do if we were going back and revisiting theater weekends can be any weekend any year no matter what untethered sunday's gonna go wild here so guys we're gonna get into that a little later on in the episode we're gonna get into that news in just a minute but first like we always do top of these episodes we've got to talk about our weeks and nerd it's been an interesting it's been a serious week i'm back on the grind guys i'm feeling a little bit better going into stores now dipping with the mask with the gloves but I had some success, and I know you guys did too. So we're going to start off there. We're going to start off with my dude, Troy, man. What did you get up to this week in Nerd? Yeah, it's been it's been sideways, man. It's been a little different. It's definitely been my most chill um, week in Nerd I've had in a long time. You know, it's a little different here, but it kicked off with uh, the DM. I think it was last week, and 
and Sonny just said the best thing ever. He said, <laughs> the gyms are opening up on Friday. And so <laughs> checked out my email from the gym and boom, long behold, it's opened. And um, I got to tell you, like, I was a little skeptical at first going back, but um, they're doing a great job over there. There's like wait times to get in. And um, man, it feels good to be back there. Like my mental health, no joke, is like on 100. It's really good to just get out there and push those mm-hmm. weights. So I know we don't talk much about that stuff, but man, that's like my next thing next mm-hmm. to toys. So I love that. Sunny, thanks for the lookout. Um, I'm Hasbro, always trying to get you buff, man. Like, gotta <laughs> keep that Troy bod. Yeah, <laughs> use. Can't slip. Um, Hasbro <laughs> and Amazon came through. Um, Dooku, Count Dooku showed up. So I oh, did. No way. I pre-ordered this character or this figure from um, Hasbro Pulse, but then I um, saw on Amazon it popped up and it's like it's been on Amazon, but it's kind of been floating like a third party, like sixty-nine dollars, fifty-eight dollars. Anyways, it popped up retail price, so I was like, boom, got that right away, and then it just it just came in. So it's a cool-looking figure. Uh, it just adds that much more to like the prequel vibe that I'm going for with the Black Series. And then uh, Kijiji, Kijiji, um, I got another cool find. It's um, speaking of Tim Burton and all this other Batman lore from the 90s and the early or late 80s. Um, it was the Robin figure from Batman Returns. I have one on deck behind me right now, but that one stays in package. But my daughter, for some reason, is so drawn to that figure. She loves that figure, too. And I always told her, like, there's no way you're touching this. But I saw <laughs> it on Kijiji for 15 bucks. And I'm like okay, here we go. Like, I got no problem getting it. So I got that figure, surprised her. She loved it. She got to open this thing, and I was a little scared because it's weird, like, seeing this thing get open because I'm like, don't get too rough with this thing. But then I'm like, it's hers. Like, what am I doing? But the it's cool thing... It's child now. <laughs> yeah. But, but the cool thing is, is, like, when I got this figure, I was, I was the same age. We were both about five, five and a half. So it's kind of dope to see that, like, this figure that I loved with, like, that launching pack like zipline she now gets to experience it and uh i forgot how cool and how much fun this figure really is so um that was a blast and then um to cap off my week it's um it's another pre-order so i don't really have it yet it doesn't come out till i think april something but after consulting with my man carlos here he's my hot toys consultant we were Mm -hmm. talking back and forth with this um this hot toy spider-man um it's the all new all different if anyone's familiar with that line Mm -hmm. in marvel but it's based off this part, the Spider-Man PS4 game, which is the all new, all different shiny armor. I absolutely love this thing and I had to do it. So after talking to Carlos back and forth, I went down to Phoenix and threw some money down. So I can't wait till I think it's yeah, April baby. 27th, man. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for this thing. So, um, man, it's, ah, I just, I love that look. I love that look. So yeah, that's been about it, man. That's, that's been my weekend nerd. It's been all over the place, but it's been, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Oh, that's that's awesome, man! I'm stoked yeah. to see that Spider-Man in oh, yeah. in your basement, dude, Absolutely. in the nerd room. Whoa, Absolutely. he's so wicked! Oh like, man, I, I was tempted too, but you know, you man, gotta oh, stay in I, my I, lane. I, I had to go back to the PS4 game and just play it all day with that suit on. Like I'm not taking it off. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking of Carlos, man, what did you get up to? You and I had a similar experience on two different days, but yeah, uh, man. But what you get up to this week? That was all thanks to you, uh, the the money of uh, my uh, weekend nerd. But yeah, it started off kind of quiet. Like went to the comic store. I picked up uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal. And at first, it was going to be a event I was going to low key skip or just wait for the trades. But I was super glad I didn't. I just it, watching Scott Snyder talk it up and Greg Capullo tease that art. I just had to pull the trigger and. Nice. Um, Blew me away. I totally loved it. Like they're building up to some interesting things. Like Diana is an absolute badass, and it looks like it's going to be focused a bit on her more than anybody else. So 
that was cool. And then while I was at the comic store, I posted some pics in our Instagram for the show, but uh, they had a low-grade copy of Avengers 87, which oh, is yeah. the issue where T'Challa, or the Black Panther, reveals himself to be T'Challa, and you get his origin story and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, not that I read those books as a kid, but I remember reading a collection of Avengers books and when Black Panther shows up and um, they introduce the character for the first time and nobody really knows what he's all about or who he is and they play it kind of coy for a while. So it was neat to just have this iconic looking issue with him rolling up the mask and the rest of the Avengers in the background kind of waiting. So yeah, I love those low grade books. They look cool on a shelf and uh, agreed. Yeah. Bought a little snap case for it to give it that faux CGC look. And uh, yeah, it looks cool. It looks (laughs) cool in my retro avengers display and then uh yeah i'll let you get into the uh the location there but uh my man tim put me on to a new store and uh my daughter's been just dying to get out of the house but she's uh hyper vigilant with the covid stuff and uh keeping it on lockdown and stuff and uh yeah she hand in hand with tim you can tell she's a listener but uh <laughs> we uh, we decided to venture out i said you know what we'll mask up we'll glove up it's going to be comic store my comic store is the only place that i've seen pretty much everybody wearing gloves and masks so i was like oh let's try it out so we headed up there and uh this place blew me away it's all retro vintage toys and a wonderful family that owns the place a couple brothers run it and dad comes and pitches in and mm-hmm. uh I spent almost as much time chatting with them as I did talking to them. But, uh, yeah, I got a few little treats. Like, I got uh, a little cool Batman the Animated Series. It's almost like a Micro Machine-sized Batmobile. But the canopy actually opens up, and it's got a little painted Batman inside. It's so cool. No way. Yeah, and then I found, like, a a complete uh, RoboCop figure from, like, the RoboCop 3 Animated Series era. And yeah, and Sweet. homeboy just kind of threw it in with my daughter actually made the big purchase. She bought a pretty much mint, all the decals, all like it's got the fin, everything else. Uh, superpowers, Supermobile. And uh, yeah, it came no with way. the, yeah, he threw in, he threw in that RoboCop figure, threw in the Superman figure, but it actually came with the instructions and everything, which gives oh, you an idea oh, as to oh, how Primo the condition that thing is like yeah. i have a couple of superpowers things boxed and i don't have the instructions so it was kind of neat that uh <laughs> when i committed to the buy he's like oh i got something else for you and pulls it out and yeah so i got like those two figures and the supermobile and the car and stuff like 50 bucks canadian for all that like i i love those very reasonable things. yeah yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah it was cool it was cool and it was funny like i helped him out with identifying like this Batwing that he had. He's like, oh, I don't know where this is from and what it does. And I was like, yeah, the Dark Knight collection, 90, 91, punches it into the into his phone. And he's like, ah, oh, you're the man. So uh, yeah, I did a little bit of bonding and uh, I got him on the hunt for a few things for me. I guess they have a pretty expansive yeah. uh, stockpile of stuff. And so I said, yeah, as you're digging through, there's a couple of things I'm interested in. We'll keep in touch and whatnot. And yeah, it was good. It was good. So, so if I go, I should drop your name. Be like, friend of Carlos here. No, well, friend of Tim. Tim's well, the man. It's funny because like, I'll, I'll get into it now just to kind of continue the story. But it's a place called Snap Collectibles. It's an Airdrie, which is about 35 minutes north of, of where I live. It's a, kind of a, a town just north of Calgary. And I was on Kijiji. And this guy's shop pops up on Kijiji. It's like, I have all this stuff. 
come come see us and so it kind of got me onto it we we threw in the dm we talked about it and i said i'm gonna go up you know i hadn't been in a, a really a store than my local in months and so i said okay if i'm gonna commit mask gloves all this go into this place after driving for well, like half the day it felt like <laughs> and it like carl said it was incredible the amount of stuff they had in there and all reasonably priced it wasn't like there he said i'd try to sell for market value and i can appreciate that and i said look he's a a vintage toy shop in alberta and so like the foot traffic isn't going to be huge through there so i'm okay if it's five ten bucks more for some of this stuff too if you're gonna have a shop like that located close to us you know Mm -hmm. we're already saving on shipping and all this stuff right and the accessibility of it all is, is incredible so i go up there and a very similar experience talk to the guy great guy and so he's got me, he's pulling stuff out for me. He's letting me look at it all. So I ended up going and buying a splinter and a fully accessorized Bebop from the 1990s cartoon, like those nice. first figures. Uh, minty, minty, he had them all bagged in his own bags and all that. The cool thing is, though, and this is what I appreciate, and this really much goes to what you're saying there, Carlos, is that I bought the Bebop, and he handed it to me. He says, actually, he says, I have another one in the back that's in a bit better condition, and we can swap a few things around. And so he like he gave me like the most minty Bebop, like this, and I, I love this figure, man. Like it's it's the the original. Yeah, oh, I remember having so this as a kid cool. from the cartoon. <laughs> and so the other thing is too is I grabbed a race stance vintage Ghostbusters, kind of like the ones that were chasing at Walmart, but this is like oh. the original one. And so he had in a bag and he goes, look, I think I don't have the little ghost in it. He says, but that's okay. If you, if you want to buy them separately, I'll can get them in. But then he's looking at it very, very closely. And he goes, actually, this is Egon's backpack. He says, this isn't Ray's backpack. And I didn't know that, right? I'm kind of slowly getting back into this Ghostbuster stuff. And so this guy could have sold me this thing. If he wanted like 20 bucks for it or 25 bucks or whatever, could have sold me this thing. And I probably would have never known it was the wrong plasma backpack. Right. And, but he was cool enough to say, and he lo- like, I didn't buy it. So technically he lost the sale by being honest about the toys. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super cool. And then he went in the back to try to find me an Egon to piece it all together. But then he didn't have Egon's ghost. And he's like, look, man, he's like, I'll, I'll email you. Or I'll call you or whatever when I get this stuff in and they get a bit more sorted. And so that like automatically gets me back in the store multiple times over the next couple of months buying these turtles. And like, it's so cool. Yeah. Cause he's good with you. And then ends up selling a supermobile 24 hours later. Right. Exactly. Like if you had a bad experience, I wouldn't have gone there. Exactly. I said, I'm going to send my boys up and like, you have to Sonny. It's not that far North. It's the first vintage toy shop that I've been in in at least this province that had bins and bins of stuff. They had bins of Ghostbusters, like Power Ranger stuff, Troy, man, like all kinds oh. of stuff. Like oh, anything nice. you can think of was up there. <laughs> yeah, so, so very cool. And so I was super excited to get those and start off that turtle collection as I'm going down this rabbit hole now. <laughs> you know, Carlos <laughs> and, and the goddamn, or the goddamn Bat Fam started me down this path a bit, and now I'm running with it, absolutely running with it. So... It was uh, it was it's great little place. Snap collectibles up in Airdrie. So if you're local here in the city, man, it's it's definitely worth the the haul up there to check it out because you're gonna find something in there. Vintage Star Wars, everything, incredible, incredible. I gotta go so, check it out. See how close it is to me. Snap yeah, collectibles. Only, yeah, but it's only 20 minutes north of you. And so I'll finish off here, then we'll throw it to you, Sanjay. While I was up there, I dipped into a Walmart for the first time. <laughs> 
did a little Walmart run. I found the retro Lando and Leia from the three yeah. three quarter inch card box. I was shocked at how expensive they were though. Seventeen ninety nine per figure. Like I thought they were like twelve bucks. And so I got them, and Troy's got me the other two there. And so I might call it quits though after the first wave on this line if they're doing more subsequent waves, because that's getting expensive. That's infringing on my turtle money now. <laughs> How much is the three and three quarter, like the regular ones, like before? They're, well, the vintage collection is that same price. And oh, it is. The, okay. the low articulation were closer, I think, to $10.99, $12.99. Oh, okay. So that low articulation, like all the Force Awakens and Rogue One stuff that I got was all in that price point. That's why I never right. went with the vintage collection, because that's I didn't like that $17.99 to $19.99 price point. It just seemed yeah. like too much for, for what you're getting. And these are even lower articulation. I get their celebratory line and they're retro and they got a really cool look to them. But that's to me, that's pushing the price on those. Like you're not much shy. You're it's still ten bucks, but ten bucks shy of a of a black series there. Right? So yeah. And then finishing off things, man. My I got a phone call today from E B games. My Stanley Marvel Legend finally arrived. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've had that on pre order. I've had that on pre order for Four months, maybe <laughs> five months. I know you. You've got it. Carlos looks a bit perplexed there because I know you've got on pre-order too, don't you? Yeah, I got mine on market. Where did you get yours? Uh, Westbrook or okay. whatever it's called. I think that's where he was. <laughs> I hope that's where he was. <laughs> it was. Because they ship from the states, so they come in south through Calgary. So then all the people in the north get it like a day yeah. or two later. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. See. So yeah, it was it was all about kind of revisiting that retro stuff. I spoke last week about how I want to get more and more into retro stuff. I even sat back. You know, well, we had quite a weekend here, but I watched the '90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze, and <laughs> the first one especially. Man, does it hold up? <laughs> Is it it's good? so good. I loved it. You know, these NECA figures help too, but man, <laughs> that rewatch, like I was glued to the screen, like did not move nice. from my spot until that movie was done. <laughs> nice. So hopefully one day we can revisit that here on the podcast and get a little bit of a either retrospective or a full review on that. Cause I think it'd be a ton of fun to discuss that in a bit of detail. But uh, Sonny, my man, it is, it's your turn to, to enlighten us on what you were doing this week in nerd. What was I doing? You know, I was inspired by Troy the boy. You know, oh, he's wow. always on there. You know, normally we're beefing. You know, Troy's talking <laughs> like down talking Shazam or, you know, he's, he's spouting off opinions that are just incorrect and unfactual. But uh, <laughs> as opinions are factual. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he inspired me. Um, you know, he's always been posting those awesome custom action figs. Mm-hmm. You know, they look great, Troy. Thanks, um, and I was like, I got sick and tired of waiting for WB to put out the Superman Christopher Reeve films in individual package. Like I have them in a box set, but I just, I like the look of like the individual movies. And I, you know, it's funny. I had printed out, there's a website. Um, you can check it out um, from my tweet when I send it on Twitter and I'll uh, make sure to get the guy's uh, correct name. Um, but you can go there and they had done custom Blu-ray covers and so they look fantastic. Like they're beautiful. And I had printed these out like months, maybe even like years ago. And, you know, we recently moved and they were just in a box somewhere and I was looking for something else and I just stumbled across them. And I'm like, you know, I should probably really like put these to use. Like they're just sitting here. So I took some old movies that I have duplicates of like two Blu-rays of. So then I just chucked the, 
you know, the jacket of the one of them. And then I put these in here and man, I got to tell you, they look great. And like, yeah, I really like happy how these turned out. And now I got the complete set. So it's like Superman, the movie, Superman two, Superman two, Richard Donner cut Superman three, Superman four. Um, was it Superman four war for peace or um, quest for peace? I can't remember what quest for peace. Yeah, not war for peace. That doesn't <laughs> Bit make of sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, these look fantastic. And um, the, you know, even if WB puts uh, these in individual order, or you know, I'm probably going to stick with these because they look so good and they're on Blu-ray. And unless they go to the 4K, I won't really need to upgrade. Um, so I did that. Um, and besides that, you know, I've been doing this um, DC Films rewatch. I would, I was wanting. It started off with the DC EU, and, and I was like, I'm going to watch these all before Wonder Woman 84 comes out. Well, then they pushed Wonder Woman 84 out further. So I'm like, okay, I did the DC EU rewatch. Let's watch everything now. So now I'm going back and I'm watching all the old DC movies. Um, so this week I had watched. Um, well, we watched Batman Forever for the retrospective, and then I watched, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, uh, Catwoman, Swamp Thing, and The Return of Swamp Thing. And you know, a lot of people say like Catwoman's the worst DC film. It's not true. It's not a great film, but in my opinion, <laughs> Swamp Thing is just it, it, just so disappointing. Like to me, so far, that is my least favorite DC film. I think the Return of Swamp Thing is a much better film. Um, it's just way better production value. And the first one, it was made in 1982, and Wes Craven is a horror movie god. Like this guy's a legend of horror movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street and um, Scream, right? So this guy, like, is, he's got great chops as a director. This movie, I'm telling you, like Swamp Thing is battling Arcane, and he he transforms into like this this wolf creature. It's like Power Rangers level special effects or like Carlos, you had mentioned like Star Trek, the very first Star Trek level of like, you could tell these, they're just two guys in rubber suits battling <laughs> in the daylight. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, you know, normally I don't complain about production value and I'm sure they didn't have a huge budget. So, you know, I'm not going to like rag on them too much. But you just like look at this movie and, you know, you got to judge it by what was made. And for me, unfortunately, that was my least favorite DC film so far. Um, but like on the flip side of it, I watched Catwoman again and um, I found a movie that I like less than Catwoman now. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Catwoman is no longer my least favorite uh, um, DC film. So there's that and um batman and robin like we'll get into it a little bit later on the show but uh man i love that movie like i don't even like love it in like a ironic like so bad it's so good it's just a fun movie like it's just such a fun movie it brings me right back it's like adam west 66 if it was made in 1999 like legit i actually and i know carlos is probably like you know not gonna take too kindly to this and it's no knock at all um but for me personally if I had a choice, if someone's like, hey, we're going to watch Batman and Robin or Batman 89, which theater are you going to? I'm going to scoot into the Batman and Robin theater. Ooh. Like, I actually think, I well, actually I think, I think, think. Well, we just lost Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I just lost all my, like, Batman cred. But uh, no, man, like, I understand it's campy. It's goofy. It's it's just, uh, it's 
it's just a fun movie and you're gonna have a blast with it poison ivy uma thurman you know we're talking about people coming back she needs to come back as poison ivy um arnold schwarzenegger's mr freeze like the suit looks incredible like you can't tell me like the production value in batman and robin is incredible and like bane is okay bane is my he's like my low point of that film he's just so like outlandish and like and that's saying something for that film like i don't know there was something really cool seeing for the first and only time so far batman robin and batgirl like go on an adventure like all like use their batarangs and fly up there and like stand in a stance and all three of them are there like it looks good man i don't know i don't know if i just like lost half the viewers or listeners <laughs> but for me like un you know I, I prefer Batman Returns than Batman and Robin, but Batman and Robin, for me, is my number two, like, bat film of the 90s. Well, you know, social distancing right now is important, <laughs> so I can understand why you'd want to go into the theater that no one else is in. <laughs> so, you know, while in my 89 theater, we'd have to turn away and, you know, everybody would have to get masked up and stuff because too close and it's too crowded because everybody is there you have the full theater all to yourself <laughs> i'm telling you man i'm telling you man batman and robin in like once theaters reopen again and stuff it's going to become a classic i could totally see midnight showings of batman and robin like becoming a thing it, it's it's like turning the corner it's turning the corner from this film is awful to like appreciation of this film it's pretty good yeah because going good. up there with with the relaunch that you know <laughs> that everyone's doing is the avengers black panther deadpool and batman and robin <laughs> <laughs> guarantee if they threw it up in the theater you'd have at least five people there <laughs> sanjay plus his family and another dude <laughs> i don't want to be here i'm telling you man give it a watch if you haven't seen it in a while give it a watch going in knowing it's full camp it's full malarkey it's full funny and you're just gonna have a good time it's like a silver age superman story it's awesome man it's good stuff uh, maybe one day we'll get back at it here we'll do a little <laughs> retrospective for a review we'll see we'll see it's we good our, our stuff. i'm gonna stand by opinions. that i'm gonna like i'm gonna stand by that opinion that's gonna like that's gonna define me this episode <laughs> it certainly is defining for the rest of the episodes too oh, you know yeah. what's funny you know it was actually cool though thinking back i really did like the scene when um it's probably pretty weird but when batman and robin like surfboard like air surfboard <laughs> out of that ship or whatever i remember right? being a kid yeah, and I was like, yeah going up into cool. space yeah so i'll give you i'll, I'll try to give you something dude i'm telling you man poison ivy is a ride in that she is fantastic and uh, mr freeze he's glorious and it's just it just works, man. It's just I don't know what it is, but that film for me just works. It's just called nostalgia. <laughs> it's not even that, man, because it's been so long since I've seen it, and I didn't even see it until probably in the probably like in the early two thousand, probably like two thousand five, two thousand six. Like I had seen it after I had watched Batman Begins, because I was like, well, I haven't checked out Batman and Robin, <laughs> so like I gotta check this out. I've always wanted to, and I've, I wish I had, and then I. Then I watched it and I was like, okay, like that's kind of fun. And then I just keep rewatching it. And each time I do, I like it more and more. I like it more and more. Love it's what you love, up. man. Love what you love. Man. That's love, true, man. Teach their own. Teach their own. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> well, guys, I think it is time for us to skip over into 
the news for this week. We're going to kick it off with some Hasbro. Now, guys, we did a bonus episode that dropped last week. We had our good friend, Darth Goody, and we talked through all of the 2020 Black Series stuff that had been announced that we were collecting that we had collected this year. And that episode, after being released last Tuesday, is now out of date (laughs) because Hasbro has subsequently come at us this week with a Monday fan first edition of reveals for star wars and that was particularly focused around the vintage collection we got we got a churret i believe a leia a cool playset, carbon freezing chamber playset. now we don't we don't do the vintage collection on here but we we certainly do black series guys and on that episode when we talked all black series there we talked about the fan choice figure and this year's fan choice winner was revealed on monday to be clone commander cody so this is heading out in the archive, I believe, in the fall of this year, maybe a little later with all the delays. But we're getting that clone commander. It fetches quite a high price on the secondary market, and that is now going to drop because we have this figure swinging from the pegs. Now, Troy, this puts you, what, three for three now in fan choice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two for two. Two for two, my two bad. For- so um, what was it? It was Dagobah, Dagobah Luke. Luke. Yeah, you know, for the clutch, and then Commander Cody, man, we got him. So, uh, super happy, super excited to get this guy in the archive because you nailed it, man. This guy is super high on the um, well, the first edition version is super yeah. high on the aftermarket. So, uh, so glad they're going to re-release this figure, and he'll maybe even look a bit better, even though the original figure looks awesome as is. But I remember I saw this guy for like what seventy five or so, eighty yeah. bucks at the uh, that expo. So, you know, it's kind of cool too. I'll probably bring down. It the will, first yeah. edition price too right so everybody can get their hands on this figure so uh man my boy darth goody i'm sorry slave leia might have to wait till uh till next time and um bounty hunter leia was that the one you're going for tim yeah that was, that was my choice As, yeah so hopefully we got one of those two one of those leias uh down the pipe yeah eventually. i'm hoping maybe even in this archive line they kind of throw us a bit of a bone and throw one of those in there for us yeah, and, but it's a great line. I'm loving yeah. the archive stuff. This clone commanders probably won't land in my collection. I'm not. I don't do the clone troopers, but I'm happy for you guys. And the consensus across the the collectors here in the in the people we know, and then even beyond that, is that this was a great choice. You know, of course, democracy wins out here, and the most people wanted this, but everyone seems to be happy with this. And thank goodness it wasn't that gin, <laughs> right? Like wow. that that peg warmer for days for years. So it's it's pretty cool to see that coming out here. And then they also showed Wave 3 of the Empire Strikes Back Vintage 6-inch 40th Anniversary Commemorative Editions here. Now, this is is a humongous set now. You know, I've got Wave 1 here, Wave 2. We're starting to see it trickle out here over the next little bit through pre-orders on Amazon. Now, Wave 3, these are all repacks. And we've got Boba Fett. We've got that Dagobah Luke being repacked in a single-carded figure. We've got a Vader, Empire Strikes Back Vader, which is also the same Vader, I believe, that is being packaged in those updated cardback Black Series figures, so regular box figures. We've got a Hoth Stormtrooper, a Snowtrooper, I should say, and we've got a repack of the Chewbacca as well, which we got in the 40th card. Now, this wave, more so than ever, is really looking at, or for at least for me, I'm looking at it and saying, do I need wave three? I love the look of this stuff. But the amount of repacks here, I might grab the Boba Fett because this is like the fifth time we're seeing this figure re- uh, released. So, Troy, I know I don't, you're not doing the card backs, but does that Vader intrigue you a little bit here? 
You know, is there anything that Jacob Luke single carded? Even the Boba Fett, man. What are you thinking about this? Well, you know, I just went on to say how cool it is that Hasbro, you know, gave us the Dagaba Luke, but I thought we were only getting him one time with the dual pack Yoda. Yeah. So it's kind of sneaky of Hasbro here to throw that guy in there again because <laughs> I already made that pre order. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about that guy because he looks really cool on card. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to grab the Vader, even though it's the same one that. I pre-ordered like two times already in that other uh, <laughs> box that's coming out. Boba Fett, I'm right there with you. I'll, I'll, I'll probably grab him too. Um, just because I got to fill out a little bit. I'm not doing the whole wave, but I got to fill out a little bit of the the, the card backs that I got um, with uh, Bespin Luke. So I need yeah. to fill that out a little bit. Um, and I might get that Han eventually. I know he's wave one, but he's just been floating around out there. So mm. he's kind of easy to grab just to fill it out. But um, I think all around is actually a pretty cool wave three. It's just it's like you mentioned, it's just a lot of repacks. But I think the figures you're getting are pretty solid. And the Chewy too. So you said the Chewy came, Chewy came out when the 40th uh, original? Yeah, it came out a couple years ago with the 40th re- release. Okay. And this is the Chewy, I believe, from the uh, – might be there might be some updates to the sculpt or at least the paint apps. But this is probably the, the blue car back Chewy as well. Okay, yeah, so I'll definitely grab him because I only have the solo Chewy. That's the only Chewy I have in my collection. So okay. I think I'll definitely grab that one because he's more of the original looking one without the, the goggles and whatnot. So Exactly. The nice thing yeah. about this, though, is that if these do become peg warmers and we see these discounted on Amazon, these are things I'll pull the trigger on to not only have maybe in the collection, but also to open, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Chewbacca, the Hoth. Like I've got the Hoth Trooper open, but that, that Vader, of course, the Boba Fett, I don't have an open version of that. So it is nice. So it's kind of... You know, in in a way, it's seeing these figures re-released, so the secondary market isn't, you know, blowing your wallet out here with regards mm-hmm. to the price you're going to pay, especially for stuff like that Chewy. So, yeah, it is. I would like to see more new figures for these lines, and then them translate over into the the normal card backs for the Black series. But it's for a whole wave to be all repacks. You know, at least in the previous wave, we got that Rebel Hoth Trooper uh, as a new fig. And, you know, we're seeing that Dagobah Luke, I guess, is technically a new figure here, but mm-hmm. I'm seeing it as a repack because we got that that exclusive, that double pack. So it is, to me, it is pushing a little bit with these, with all the repacks, but I understand it. I get it, right? It's it's a very viable business model. It's repackaging things. And you're getting the card art too, you know, with that 40th yeah. sticker on there, that commemorative thing. So to me, I'll see. If I do see these swinging from the pegs or maybe slightly discounted, I will pull the trigger. But I'm not jumping all over these like I did the first wave. I like having the first wave in hand. And maybe the second wave I'll kind of pick up a bit more piecemeal as I see them. But we will see with this. And so it, the key thing is here, guys, is though we're, we've still got this mountain of Black Series coming. I was on my Amazon looking at how I got seven pre-orders on Amazon <laughs> for Black Series figures. <laughs> And they're all coming within the next two, three months. So <laughs> the Amazon guys get real familiar with my front door. <laughs> you you have uh, the the Wave One Leia, right? I do. So is that a repack from the red and black card Leia that we got? I'm not sure if it's an updated head sculpt, but it definitely is a repack. Every figure there is a repack, I believe, but with the updated face, like of course with the Bespin Luke, right? So with that though, I don't, I'm surprised they didn't just give us a Leia that was. Um like cloud city layout like that would have been their time to give us something different you know yeah exactly with that, you know that I mean? pink or red robe on yeah and that she's wearing yeah like that would have been a cool time or yeah just stuff like that because basically yeah this whole wave has just been repacks apart from that luke that you mentioned which is essentially like new but also yeah. a repack i guess by the time it hits but <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
oh, crazy well. stuff. So Black Series, again, head over to our episode, our bonus episode from last week to check out some of the details from 2020. And this just really bolts on the size of that. And, you know, we we're saying this is the biggest year ever for Black Series, and we are continue to get announcements on top of that. You know, this stuff's going to take us well into the end of 2020, but holy moly, is there a lot of stuff coming out. Absolutely crazy. So and for those fans, for this Hasbro stuff, for those fans of Transformers and G.I. Joe, Grabs, I know you're out there listening, man. They've got the the fan first reveals on this Friday coming out. So, you know, Joe is getting a a big push within Hasbro. We've got, you know, the six inch stuff. They're doing retro throwbacks. It's it's getting a big push. Carlos, I know that you've been kind of sniffing around some of this stuff, man. Like this this revitalization of the Joe brand in Hasbro. I don't know if this is a consequence of what's going on in the world or if this is just you know, retro is the flavor of the year. And Joe has got a huge fan base with disposable incomes. <laughs> so, like, it's it's pretty cool to see Joe making a revitalization here, along with Transformers, too. Tim, first and foremost, my wife is already mad at you, so I don't know what uh, <laughs> what you're trying to do here with uh, planting some more seeds. Uh, yeah, man, like, Joe is huge, like, especially kind of in those social media circles for dudes of my vintage and Grab's vintage, like, yeah, Joe is huge. Like Transformers was kind of always present, mm-hmm. uh, so you could always scratch your itch with Transformers. But Joes were kind of the forgotten child, right? And when they did make reemergences or they tried to modernize them, it, it never had that classic feel, and you never got the sense that um, GI Joes were what they were back then, where it's like these individual characters with tons of personality and you have no team unless you have all these unique guys coming together, which was always the appeal of those. Right. And, um, I, I wrote grabs a song, uh, the other day based on the lyrics from the movie theme song, but, uh, it got it stuck in my head. So I rewatched the opening of the movie and I forgot just how amazing that figure line was like back then. That was the first time you had like tons of diversity. You had a bunch of ladies up front. You had people of color up front and you had guys from all over the place. Like, as part of the GI Joe team, like it was cool. And like, no wonder it stuck around for so long. Yeah. Guys are passionate about it. I I forget his name, but I know the artist that did the card art for the GI Joe figure line back in the day, he passed away recently and like people were in mourning all over the place. So it, it speaks to that kind of mark that it left on people's childhood. So yeah, I think Hasbro, has a gold mine on their hands and uh, they're going to be pleasantly surprised at how lightning fast these things sell. Like even they did a pre-order for a special edition, like snake eyes figure kind of in the same vein as those black series. And between me seeing them and mulling them over, cutting my grass and coming back in, like they were all gone, which I never had for that stuff. So, well, it's, it's the name of the game right now is that eighties, early nineties, toy like the vintage of all that is is very very marketable to the people that are collected you know in our space right like i'm going back and collecting turtle stuff now <laughs> ghostbuster stuff like troy's into like every like everyone's into something of some vintage and it just seems so prominent right now that it's it's very very cool that you know there's another brand out there that is reaching back into the archives and pulling out things that you know consumers want and have wanted for years yeah well, even like you look at the designs for like the new Transformer stuff, it is basically that opening scene from Bumblebee <laughs> reimagined <laughs> yeah. in plastic. It's like, yeah, oh, okay, so that's what people want. They just want yeah. modernized versions yeah. of these old 80s designs. 
okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that's going to be hard for me to resist because, God, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Oh, <laughs> man, you are in some, some trouble, which translates to me being even more trouble. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk some DC. This has become seemingly a weekly segment here because DC has just been on literal fire as of late. You know, the things that they're delivering, the diversity of product, we've talked about it time and time again. It's just absolutely incredible and they continue to do it this week but we're gonna start off with a slightly somber note um, we talked you know in detail about batman forever and even touched on the follow-up batman and robin last week and that was directed by one joel schumacher and he sadly passed away this past week after you know walking through the 25th anniversary of batman forever you know whatever your your feelings on those films are um, he's got an incredible repertoire, you know, Lost Boys, all this stuff, right? That he has done and contributed to the film industry and to film the art of film. And it's it's very sad to see, you know, a very prominent figure like that. And someone's contributed to some of the, you know, greatest films that we've seen, especially in the, the 80s and 90s space uh, and pass away. So condolences to, to his family, to his fans. And, you know, it's 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 another big loss here in, in this space, guys. You got, you got any comments to add to that? Yeah, I think it's a shame, like you kind of touch on that people only seem to remember him for the Batman movies because he made some all-time classic Mm -hmm. movies, like stuff like St. Elmo's Fire, Flatliners, The Lost Boys, like A Time to Kill is still one of the most powerful movies you could ever watch, Uh, Falling Down, Phantom of the Opera, like even going all the way back, Troy, our boy MJ, he was reading his lines because he wrote The Wiz. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, and by all accounts, like the man was a tremendous spirit, and uh, everybody who worked with him, except for Val Kilmer, loved working <laughs> with him. And um, yeah, he was had a profound impact on a lot of people's careers. I know Seal was saying that he wouldn't have been what he is without Joel Schumacher finding that "Kiss from a Rose" song, and it had kind of it was DOA, but Schumacher listened to it, loved it. He's like, yeah. You know what? We'll throw it on the Batman soundtrack. I'll do a music video for you for free. And wow. uh, yeah, the thing took off, became like a number one hit. And Matthew McConaughey was the same thing, saying had Joel Schumacher not done what he did for him, he wouldn't uh, be the Oscar winning actor that he is now. So wow. yeah, you know, uh, rest in peace, Joel Schumacher. You know, you had a tremendous career and impacted a lot of lives. So I thought it was kind of poetic, like I mentioned on Twitter, that. Uh, a week after a lot of people were celebrating one of his films, he passes away. So mm. certainly left his mark on the world. Yeah, he did indeed. No. No. Yeah, well said, guys. Well said, yeah. Joel Schumacher, um, you know, it's a shame that people, you know, when he was around, were kind of crapping on him for the Batman films. And it's just like, whatever your opinion of, of those films, he was a tremendous guy. Like, from by all accounts, as you mentioned, everyone that worked with him, he's just a tremendous guy. And... You know, he he made those films, and these those films came out when I was like right in the peak, like age of like like loving those films. So like Batman Forever for me, like always holds a special place in my heart. And I was, you know, if it was more serious tone, I probably wouldn't have like went to it as a kid. And you know, who knows? I probably wouldn't have been as big into Batman as I am now. So uh, I owe him a tremendous debt um, for him and for him getting me into Batman and. The Lost Boys, like, you know, I love 80s horror films. I love horror films. And The Lost Boys is just such a tremendous film. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so rewatchable. It's just 
amazing and it like it shaped so many people like so many people growing up would have seen the lost boys and it's just it's just a sad thing that uh he passed away and i hope you mentioned carlos um you know a week before he passed away people were celebrating batman forever and i hope that like i hope that he like saw that in some sort of way so that like he knew that like you know his films all his films like his batman films were appreciated and um yeah so just you know this is a tremendous loss. I'm so sad to hear the news, and um, I hope um, you know when you go back, watch one of his films this weekend. Just appreciate like the craft that he has, because you know he was he was tremendous. So it's a big loss. It's a big loss. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, no. Rest in peace, man. That's that's a shame. I'm I'm, I'm kind of grateful that we actually had the chance, you know, to cover uh, you know one of his films, obviously last week. And uh, that we did also get to enjoy uh, the 25th anniversary of one of his films. And, you know, I, I think I went on and I kind of liked this film quite a bit, uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> so um, it's a big part of my childhood, man. I mean, when you look back, it's it's that cartoon animated Batman series. And, yeah, there's the Tim Burton Batmans, obviously. But I, I, I was more present of age to really appreciate or enjoy his film Batman Forever at the time. So it's always going to be a memory that um, will ever last with me. So, uh, yeah, man, rest in peace. Uh, my condolences. Yeah. Well said, guys. Very well said. And uh, like like we always say, it's difficult to transition off this stuff, but it is very important to to recognize his contributions and what he's done to the to the craft of film and also to comic book movies. You know, it's uh, in in whatever aspect you view those, it's it's still a a pivotal point in the development of that genre itself, right? His contributions are huge to that, and so we'll be like you said, you know, forever in debt and forever grateful for that. But guys, let's 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 continue with this, this DC thread, this this common DC thread on the podcast here. We're, we're going to touch on on an individual and in a film here that we spent quite a bit of time talking about a couple weeks ago, and that's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, there's a teaser clip that was released online, and to be honest with you, I questioned if if it was real, if it was legit <laughs> before we started talking, because it just seemed not of the Zack Snyder quality we're used to when it comes to trailers. This thing, it almost seemed like a fan edit of what a trailer for Justice League could be, but it does come up with that HBO Max logo, and apparently you guys are telling me it's legit. So th- <laughs> this trailer sees, it's very brief, only you know, like 30 seconds or whatever, it sees uh, Wonder Woman here, you know, in a what appears to be a cave of some sort, uh, going up against some of the artwork, I believe that Zack Snyder has shared before, which is I think showing Darkseid here, and it's overlain by dialogue from I believe the end of Batman vs Superman, Lex Luthor talking about now the bell's rung and the god is dead, these type of things, and then we get this view, kind of it's almost like kind of smashing your face view of Darkseid, I believe in the place of what Steppenwolf was actually in Justice League. So it's, it's kind of giving us insight that Darkseid is going to be playing a relatively prominent role in Zack Snyder's Justice League and kind of picking up some of the threads that were left dangling from Batman vs. Superman. But Troy, man, what did you what did you think of this Justice League clip, this teaser clip, this HBO Max promo for what is inevitably going to be the Snyder cut yeah. on HBO Max? Yeah, man. Like I've been saying before, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm all in for this. I think which one of you three slipped in the dm it might have been sunny it was probably I wanna, me <laughs> i say sunny and I, I clicked it out now granted i did just watch on my phone so it was just a you know it was a smaller screen obviously and i was like all right like gagadol here we go and it's, it's that's the right person to showcase obviously with her movie uh coming out pretty well not quite soon but hers is <laughs> next up and um i really dug it man i love being able to see um like the 
the caveman looking like holographics of uh, of uh, Darkseid. I yeah. thought that was really cool, and um, it wasn't anything like mind blowing, but it, it it got me hyped. It got me hyped to then just seem like that that zoom out moment. Um, I'm all in. I, I dug it, man. I, I mean, I just have to accept Jesse Eisenberg is that's the Lex. That's what we're gonna get. <laughs> that's his voice. So for me, I'm like, all right, like that's just what we have to deal with. But um, apart from that, it worked for me, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it did feel very tv series like and i and i say that like in a good way because i really thought this looks like it's it's going to go serialized like they've mentioned but it wasn't like an epic movie theatrical mm -hmm. trailer cut it felt like it's like a game of thrones like season premiere season uh teaser cut so okay. yeah for me for me it worked okay how, how about you carlos man how are you feeling about this little teaser clip yeah i uh you know what i didn't realize until troy verbalized it but the whole HBO kind of mm -hmm. series glimpse feel to it was definitely there for me. And uh, given my druthers, that that's what I would prefer to see out of the Snyder Cut of Justice League is like a six episode type of um, jaunt through his material and his story and whatnot. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I'd seen those Wonder Woman images and the Dark Side image before. Mm -hmm. So... It, like it wasn't new, but at the same time, I guess it's neat to see it in motion and fully realized. But I really dug the U-axis piece with having like kind of that proto dark side being the one in the in what was the kind of flashback or like story time segment of the Justice League movie. So or history lesson, I guess is what they call them. So, yeah, if we get to have him in that history lesson and see you axis and see him go up against Ares and Zeus and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. So we'll, we'll see what it brings. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I hear you on that cautious optimism, but <laughs> yeah, don't let, don't let my question of the quality, I guess, hamper or influence how I am. I am pumped about this. I think it's, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to watch if, if nothing else. So Sonny, I know, I know you're loving this. You must be loving yeah, seeing dark side in here. You know, yeah, I know man. it does. It is kind of a Thanos ripoff, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I don't even know why they put in Dark Side. They should have just went with I'm Brainiac or something. Like, <laughs> I've never even heard of this Dark Side character, but he looks an awful lot like Thanos. No, man. <laughs> I, I I gotta take that. You gotta edit that out, or else you're gonna just use that against me now for the rest of time. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. It's not coming yeah. out. <laughs> Um, man, I totally dug this. Um, to me, this felt more like grandiose as opposed to Justice League. Like, I always like question with Justice League why they just threw in Steppenwolf, but like didn't even like build to anything. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird choice because if I if you gave me a list of like twenty villains of who the first Justice League movie would be against, Steppenwolf wouldn't have even made that list. To be honest with you, um. Unless it was like Steppenwolf and then he like steps up to Darkseid or something, you know? So like for them to like throw Darkseid in and just makes it more like epic because he is like kind of the big bad of the DC universe. And you definitely like it would be weird if you knew nothing about like the DC lure and you're watching Justice League and then randomly uh, Steppenwolf is like for Darkseid. But then like they never mention like who's Darkseid, what's going on. So like that was that always like kind of bugged me in the theatrical cut. So like now that you can see like, hey, this is Darkseid. He's a badass. He's nothing to mess with. Um, I think I think it was 
does a good job. And I think this thing was just to like kind of promote the DC fandom event that's going yeah. on. So it's just like a quick like, hey, you can see this and you're going to see a whole hell of a lot more on DC fandom. But here's just a quick little like glass of water to wet your, ap- wet your appetite. So for me, man, I'm all in. Like they could have just shown the title card and I would be all in. But I, I dug it. Like it was cool seeing Gal Gadot again and like looking through kind of decipher what's going on. So I think this is super cool and uh, I can't wait to see more of it, obviously. And uh, whatever format it takes, man, I'm just glad we're getting it. <laughs> yeah. And we're, like you said, we're likely to see more of this. I believe at the end of August at that DC fandom event that we covered last week and probably a full theatrical style of trailer as well with this, you know, as they, as they progress on some of the editing, getting these shots finished up, touched up for, for trailer readiness. So yeah, look out for that, I guess in the the next few weeks and then continue on with whatever we're calling the DC extended universe. Now we've got this flash film, June 22nd, 2022. They've been chasing this film for quite some time, but it seems to be taking some form in this multiverse this is something that's always been rumored for this flash story is they're going to go to the flashpoint which has if correct me if i'm wrong it has the flash basically stepping back in time to save his mother i believe and this act in itself leads does it lead to the creation of another universe or does it alter the current universe reality or is this kind of like a time display days of future past type thing where we're branching off into a new universe here well yeah he goes back and then it alters his reality. So when he comes yeah. forward, mm-hmm. uh, everything is completely different than what he remembered it to be. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that is, you know, is this that Days of Future Past, again, to go back to that reference point in time where they use this to display off and create what they're going to use as their new continuity timeline, potentially in a DC Extended Universe. And this stuff still exists. But we're going to go with a different thread here. We're going to keep Wonder Woman for the, maybe for the most part, maybe this Wonder Woman films predates this time play. So, you know, in the, in a linear sense, the Wonder Woman stuff still exists and you split off and you could spend your whole life thinking about this X-Men style of timeline that we're potentially <laughs> going to get here. But nonetheless, it seems like they're maybe retconning out some of the more, you know, future stuff that they've done and maybe the, the Wonder Woman 84 and all that's all protected by the time play happens afterwards. I don't know, but nonetheless, it seems that we're going to be going down the path of revisiting the multiverse in DC. Now, they did this on the CW show, and the great thing about that is that they included the Flash. What's his name? Ezra Miller's Flash, mm-hmm. along with Grant Gustafson's Flash. They have a moment in that crisis crossover, which gives us some insight into you know the whole idea behind the DC Extended Universe multiverse being canon is that, right? And so The Flash seems to be taking, again, this prominent role in expanding that concept and bringing in, in the same fashion that this Crisis event did, bringing in the older iterations, the Burtonverse, you know, potentially the Schumacher stuff, into canon of this new timeline, and particularly around the 89 Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, recanonizing that Batman into our current timeline that's going to be followed presumably by the DC Extended Universe continuity. Now, this has, you know, piqued a lot of interest. Now, it's the rap that covered this and kind of broke this news that Michael Keaton will be reprising the role of Batman, Bruce Wayne, in this Flash film. And so it's going to be the 89, it's going to be the Returns Batman, it's going to be, you know, 30 years after, 
his, you know, fighting of the penguin and Catwoman there. And it seems that he's also going to be sticking around in what was dubbed as a Nick Fury style of role, supporting role, mentorship role in this universe. So this may be potentially being the Batman of the new universe, explaining the absence potentially of the Affleck Batman and giving us some insight that Robert Pattinson's Batman is likely to be more of a Joker, a one-off universe or more contained isolated story. So I'm going to have to throw it over to Troy here. I'm going to get your opinion. I know I'm going to make you sit on this a little bit, Carlos, because you get giddy there. But Troy, man, what are, you, what, are you, what are you feeling about 89 Batman being, you know, recontextualized, maybe not recanonized, recontextualized into this current form and having Keaton return as the Batman? Yeah, well, um, I mean, if it's, if it's for sure, I mean, the article I read, I think they said they're still in talks, but yeah. if it's if it's for sure, then come in, I'm all I'm on I'm on board. Like Michael Keaton's dope. Like we've all gone on to like Michael Keaton's Batman, and um, man, like how classic is that guy? But um, I just don't know. I mean, I I've seen Batman Beyond out there, those rumors, and I've seen like the mentorship uh, rumors, and that, it all seems cool. But I just feel like it's probably gonna be a cameo like if anything like a very small cameo i I feel like it'd be like a a time traveling sequence that you'd have with um ezra miller's flash if he's even gonna be that flash because last time i checked he's in hot water but that's something (laughs) else to go into um but if he is um then that's cool um it's probably yeah like i said it's probably gonna be like a quick little cameo of him being like that old man kingdom come kind of bruce wayne bats most likely um i just don't feel like he would be like the old version of the Ben Affleck Batman. Like, I don't think they're meant to be the same. No, I don't think that so. Makes, yeah. Right. Um, but all around, this is cool, man, because like the CW verse has been doing this for a long time. DC has been really well with having these cameos from uh, Brandon Ralph's uh, Superman that we got, obviously. And even when you watch uh, CW's flash, um, Grant Gustin's dad is the original flash from way back, right in the early nineties flash tv series so they've been so cool with doing these kinds of things and i would love to see this on the big screen obviously um i'm just curious to see where they're taking this story and if this is going to be a like you mentioned like a soft reboot which would make sense i think we were talking about this for a while too like even going back to when um when ben affleck um actually even before he even announced that he's going to leave the batman role i think is right when we got the justice league and it was that uh san diego comic-con I think that's mm-hmm. when we started speculating about basically this Flash movie would probably be like the soft reboot of the new um, DCEU film universe. So yeah. maybe they could still do it. And like you said, keep uh, basically the Wonder Woman stuff intact. You could probably even play around with the Aquaman stuff and leave that. But um, maybe going forward, this would, I don't know, maybe somehow it would bring in the whole Robert Pattinson's Batman or or maybe not. Or maybe this will somehow make the Snyder cut movie or series make more sense into the new continuity. I'm not too sure, but either way, listen, if you got Batman, Michael Keaton, Vulture, the Birdman, whatever you want to call him, you got this guy in this yeah, universe. <laughs> Count me in, man, because that is, uh, that's, that's everybody's Bruce Wayne in some capacity. That is everybody's Bruce Wayne, man. So yeah. <laughs> give it to me. Agreed, man. Sonny, how you feel? How are you feeling about 89 Batman, Michael Keaton reprising, this role and you know like like troy said whether it's a cameo or whether it's a more prominent role this is this is pretty exciting stuff oh oh yeah this is super exciting stuff like this is something that i had always talked about and always dreamed about but i never thought it would like come to fruition like i thought this was just like pie in the sky 
you know, fanboy dreams. But for it to actually come true, this is amazing. Like, Michael Keaton is going to come back to play Batman in 2022? <laughs> this is wild, yeah. man. Like, you could never have imagined that, like, back in 1995 when he said, I'm not doing Batman 3. Like, get out of here. So, man, this is super cool, super exciting. And I, I actually think it'll be a pretty prominent role because, like, the Flashpoint storyline involves around like thomas wayne um and there's rumors that like jeffrey dean morgan mm -hmm. was gonna reprise his role um but if it's like this batman that kind of like is not the sidekick but like you know like a secondary character to flash and kind of like shows him the ropes or like you know whatever it is i'm all for it like think about the action figures that are going to come out of this movie like you're going to get like a michael keaton like batman beyond or like super updated like He's going to finally, like, turn his head in a Batman suit, first of all. Like, that's super exciting. <laughs> and, like, the Flash movie was a movie that, like, got pushed back, got pushed back. You know, people weren't really, like, how do you feel about the Flash movie? They're like, yeah, I don't know. Now, you 2022, that's got to be, like, top five. You know, like, you bring Michael Keaton back as Batman. That just moves the Flash movie from a another superhero story to the superhero potentially the superhero movie of 2022 so i mean that's super exciting uh man like the thing that i'm just kind of like hesitant about is the talk about him being kind of the mentor of like the dc the justice league like kind of like the nick fury role to me if i had my pick of the litter i would be like okay you show up in the flash movie at the you do like your big part of that movie at the end of it you go back to your universe and you meet terry mcginnis and then you become batman beyond and then you do like a trilogy set in the future you know make it super cool like cyberpunk like super like futuristic yeah right like bring in uh denny villeneuve who did mm. uh blade runner 2049 and have him like design that movie and just like that would be such a cool movie and just such a cool like way to like differentiate this batman because like if you have him as like the batman in like the dceu like main continuity we'll call it like dceu earth one i don't want like dark side showing up and like there's no batman taking him on like you know what i mean like i don't want like batman sitting on the sidelines you got to have a batman in there because he's such an important part of the justice league like you would argue he's probably like the second most important part just behind Superman. So uh, <laughs> just looking at Carlos's reaction. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so like to have him sit in the sidelines, you know, would be kind of like bunk because like, I've been waiting for like to see the justice league team up and like take on Brainiac or like, I don't know. And like, you know what I mean? Like just to take on like all these like intergalactic threats. So that sense i'm kind of like hesitant but like the fact that he is coming back and there's potential for like batman beyond now we're closer than ever man like i'm telling you batman beyond will happen and he's gonna like reprise his role and it's gonna be fantastic and it it's gonna it's gonna happen i have a sneak i don't have no like inside obviously but i just i just i'm gonna wish it into the universe that denny villeneuve he'll like be like i want to make batman beyond and then they're gonna make it like blade runner 2049 and Ryan Gosling will like be the main villain or something, and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, man, right. so I'm totally there for that. Let, let's let's hear what the goddamn Batman has to say about that. So Sonny, Sonny's in, of course. Some wishes, but he's in for sure. Troy's in, I'm in. You, you're repping the shirt even, man. You, you've got... <laughs> 
you've been very clear. Burton is is our the Burton verse, and that Michael Keaton, he, he's he's one of your dudes, man. One of your main men. So, what what's your thoughts on on him coming back? You know, did you ever think you'd see Michael Keaton potentially back in this role? So here's a true story. It was like what Monday this news dropped. Yeah, I'm grocery shopping, and Sunny both in the group DM and then just directly to me <laughs> drops that same article. I stop. This old lady gets mad at me because I'm like <laughs> reading this article and no word of a lie, boys. I was riding around on that freaking cart singing like the Danny Elfman theme song and like <laughs> ringing around the corners to get into the cereal aisle and like hyped. Began to cover. Yeah, boy. Like, Never in a million years, I did not see this coming at all. And like Tim, you and I, we mulled over like the things that the CW crisis crossover opened up and the potential type of things that they could do. And like thinking too small, really, like we're like, oh, this will just open up the door for them to introduce Pattinson's Batman into the Justice League. And they have a built in uh, canonical reason for him to be next to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and off we go kind of thing. But uh yeah, like I I was absolutely floored. And then kind of like Troy, like at first I thought, okay, well, as the Flash is bopping around, like he'll end up in just the Earth-89 continuity and he'll run into Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne and they'll have a scene or two and then he'll bop out and he'll be with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Thomas Wayne for the rest of it. But everything I'm reading is that like the Jeffrey Dean Morgan Thomas Wayne thing is off the table now and the vision that Christina Hodson and the Muschietti's came up with is that Michael Keaton's Batman is going to take the place of that character. And I think it's super smart because everybody knows him. Everybody loves him, like you guys said. And right away, you don't have to get into this funky backstory of, well, in the alley that night, it was Bruce Wayne that got killed. And so Thomas became Batman and he's this and that and he's kind of a gangster and he's whatever and Martha becomes the Joker it's just like no like this is uh, the Batman in this 89 reality and him and the Flash have whatever adventure and off we go right and you you don't have to get into those trappings of well well we got another hyper violent Batman going on and all that kind of stuff because that's what the Thomas Wayne version is mm-hmm. take that right out of the table and automatically like look how excited everybody was on the internet and it makes no sense that people are this excited about this old Batman coming back. But just <laughs> just like when Tim invited me to be on the Nerd Room podcast, people just love the old-ass goddamn Batman. So, <laughs> that... We foretold him coming back, man. You were like, you foretold him coming back. Yeah, we paved the way. We Proof of concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, uh, I think it's good. Like, it's just a super astute move. Like, I think... You can kind of tell a version of Flashpoint, but it's going to be your own, and I think it'll be a little more special. And as far as him coming in and being the Nick Fury for the DCEU, like, Sonny, I'll go back to your conversation like a week ago where you were saying there's too much Batman all over the place. Yeah. This is an ideal way to have Batman Bruce Wayne present and accounted for, but yet he doesn't, by virtue of just his age, he can't... Uh, outshine the rest of the Justice League members A mm-hmm. and B you also don't have to find an excuse for why the guy with gadgets is fighting somebody like Darkseid or Brainiac or doing whatever if he's your uh, in the chair 
kind of that role that Alfred had, where he's your tactician and your strategist and coordinating the team. Um, you have Cyborg on the ground to be kind of your computer guy and your gadget guy, and it'll probably allow a character like that to shine a bit more. And then in his absence in those movies, you have Pattinson's Batman allowed to thrive. I think it's ideal, right? And then you'll have Affleck doing the Snyder Cut thing, and that's cool too. Um, if Snyder's, like the rumors of him killing off Batman in his universe do see fruition, that happens in the Snyder Cut, then Michael Keaton's the ideal way to mm. kind of bridge that absence where you have a Batman, but at the same time, you're not just walking over what Snyder does with the Affleck Batman. So, well, and it, it avoids brand confusion as well, right? Like if you've got, if you're putting Pattinson's Batman up in the same idea that, that Nolan did with this trilogy or something like that, right? Like they have to be planning a franchise here. I don't think they're going to get stuck into this sequence of doing one-off films that do very, very well. Like, you know, inherently these comic book films are about, franchises about sequels is about building right and mm-hmm. the joker did something very special but i can't imagine they want that for batman like a one-off very special film that becomes you know this piece that everyone holds up wins oscars type thing right and it very well could but my guess is that they want some longevity out of that batman franchise and if you've got two batmans like you you're starting to maybe confuse people a little bit but like you said, if you have an older Batman that isn't doing the on-the-ground cape and cowl type of stuff, then it makes all this more digestible about not worrying too much or as much about continuity. It's more about the storytelling, kind of what they're doing a bit with the comic books too and doing that in the film verse. But like you said, letting those characters flourish in their own universes without having to explain a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting and I, I'm, I'm very much here for it as well. I, I love this idea that, that DC has fully embraced every avenue that's ever been explored with their characters and saying, yeah, it's just a different universe. Like it's really yeah. cool that, that they've done that and kind of just embraced every iteration of the characters that have been put to screen, whether it's small or big. Yeah. And it's a good time for it too, right? Like they did a tremendous job with it on the uh cw crisis event but you know cw has a limited viewership but then at the same time like spider-verse was huge Mm -hmm. and that completely was in that realm of that concept and either right before or right after you do this um flashpoint movie you'll have doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and that's to say nothing of the hulk and the ancient one having this massive conversation about um multiverses in the biggest movie of all time so yeah, yeah their timing is perfect right like wandavision as well same thing oh, yeah. like yeah. this altered reality alternate reality type stuff so yeah it's, it's the latest it's, craze yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to them you know hopefully at this dc fandom they kind of you know that this this leak is kind of the end of the negotiations and they're crossing t's dot nice type thing and they can just say here it is guys this is what we're doing michael keaton you know pop-ups on um, pops up on zoom the big reveal can you imagine if like none of this leaked and then it came like we were not expecting it and just showed up on dc fandom that would have been insane he just shows up and he's like i'm batman well i heard a story like apparently he really loved like playing batman like i heard a story that when he was filming spider-man tom holland like has a scene i think it was like the death of 
I don't know what the scene was, but he was like crying or something. And then Batman was like, Michael Keaton was like, Batman would never cry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like when just trolling Spider-Man or like if they were filming, he would just randomly just go like, I'm Batman. So like dude still like has an affinity for the character. It's just unfortunate circumstances and like studio interference that took him off the project and he never got to finish that trilogy. But I mean, he clearly still likes playing the character and hell man, who wouldn't want to play Batman? You know, like if I played Batman, I'd be playing him till I was like 120. Like I'd just be like, nope, like wheel my ass out there and I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy is like 30 years later, we've had all these other actors in that role. And, like, it's arguable that he is still people's favorite Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I yeah. think with with Bale, it would be hard to, like, fit the Nolan universe into the DCEU. You know, like, Bale's was so, like, grounded. It would be weird to see, like, yeah, he took out these gangsters. But now he's in the DCEU and he's got to fight a god and, like, he's got to fight an alien. Like, it just it just wouldn't connect. And I don't know if, like, Bale was, like, available. But to me, like, this makes perfect sense. Like, I could totally see this batman more than like bale coming in with aquaman it's definitely more digestible i think you, you know what now, perspective. now that you mentioned the bale actually i think for me personally i think the bale would work pretty cool I, i'd actually be yeah dare i say more excited to see bale <laughs> in this universe oh, yeah man, I, like i would be super psyched to see bale for sure yeah because like i i had mentioned i'm not the biggest fan of uh dark knight rises but i feel like that out of here kind of, oh yeah Definitely no Beefing shame. Again. No shame. But, again. but I, I feel like that movie was the more like far out there, um, as, as opposed to the other two. Like it wasn't as grounded. So I feel like that movie even felt like more in the grounds of like uh, Man of Steel. So for me, I personally feel like I could have seen like that bail. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just hoping. Maybe I'm just wishing that I get that. Bail. Hey man, I I would say DC is taking nothing off the table. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You if, never if anything, know, over the last year has been uh, <laughs> something that kind of grounds that thought is that yeah. yeah, they're they're up for everything and anything. So they got to um, bring Bane back. It's got Tom Hardy's got to work on that voice again. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love that look. <laughs> so All right, guys, let, let's let's get to our last segment for this week. And we're going to be revisiting theater weekends of the past. Now, what the hell does that mean? So like we do at the end of some of these episodes is we like to take a trip back into the past and have some fun throwing around some crazy concepts and just having kind of a roundtable discussion. That's what we're going to do this week, guys. It's going to get in that DeLorean, hit 88, and go back to any weekend, any theatrical release weekend you want anytime any place but the key here is that that weekend you're going back to sit in a movie theater for one whole day and watch the movies that are presently in theater at the same time so you can't say i want to go back to let's say 2019 and watch captain marvel and then watch i can't even remember what came out last year infinity war because, you know, they didn't overlap that much, these release windows. But you can go back in time and see, you know, you can go back to the 80s and you can see, or 77, say, maybe this is something to come up. But you can see mm-hmm. Star Wars and Close Encounters a third time in the very same weekend. And so something, the concept is that, right? These films have to be realistically. And there's, another, there's a website we use to put this all together. So these films that we're seeing, it's time we're spending in theater has to be realistic. They had to have actually had happened where you had two huge films just happenstance crossover and you're sitting in the theater watching both of these going from one theater 
to the next. And the interesting part about doing this research, you know, and this all comes from the brain of Sanjay, of course, man, and the man, the idea Brilliant man. Brain. Yeah, Brilliant the man brain. of steel books here. <laughs> the crazy thing is, as you go further back in the past, the release windows were immensely different from what we got <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago and from what we're getting today, which could be as short as a couple of weeks before they hit VOD and then quickly drift out of theaters. You even go back, you know, looking into the history of film here, E.T. was in theaters for over a year. Star That's Wars screened crazy. for 44 weeks. Back to the Future <laughs> was in theaters for 37 weeks. So you've got films that spend basically the majority of the year in theaters Whereas now you're lucky to get a film that's in there for two months before one, it's either on VOD or they're trying to hit a holiday release window where you're getting the steel books, the Blu-rays and all that out there. And they've pulled this thing out of theater. So people are focusing on that physical media, media Sanjay in particular. So <laughs> I'm like the only one lately. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole thing is we're going to do two rounds of this. We're going to pick two weekends with two to three movies. Some of I, you know, the idea was three movies that overlap, but some of them for me only ended up being two. So you can go to seventies, eighties, nineties, wherever you can even go back as shallow as 2014, which someone might revisit here. Cause that's a pretty darn good year <laughs> in the summer there. So, Hopefully everyone gets the concept of this. It's kind of a fun toss around, you know, let's go back in time and let's explore kind of some of the history of release windows. We've talked a lot about release windows and the shortening. Let's go back in time and see what we can do here and see what fun we can have with revisiting some of the crazy weekends that happened in the eighties and nineties and some of the films that just so happen to overlap in those. So Sanjay, you're the mastermind behind all this. So I'm going to throw it to you first. All right. Give us your first weekend going back in time. Where would you go? What date, what time, what year? All right. What would you be seeing? All right. So I'm going to go back to 1997, July 4th weekend, Independence Day mm. in the United States. And I'm going to sit in the theater and I'm going to see the number three movie that week, Disney's Hercules. It's Ooh. an animated classic. I love that film. Man, I miss that in theaters. I was just didn't get around to it. Saw it later. Love Disney's Hercules. Then after I'm out of that, I'm going to go to the number one movie that week with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Just an amazing like sci-fi comedy. Just so good, so rewatchable. And once I'm done all that, I'm going to cap the night off. And I'm going to go to the number five movie that week with the one, the only Batman and Robin. Come on, you're missing a huge film there. I can't believe you left off The Lost well, World. I know, I know. There's a couple others. Like, this was an amazing weekend. So number two was Face Off. Okay, number seven was Con Air. Number oh, Con Air, eight was Dra <laughs> Con Air, yeah, man, so this, good. Nicolas Cage? This and is then you got summer. number eight. Number eight. Tim's like Tim and Carl's. You guys have been ragging on this or banging the drum for this film, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, yeah, baby. and then Come number on. eleven, Liar Liar. So like, what a weekend of film! But yeah, man. I mean, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, great film, great film, and that would probably be like my fourth film that I go to. And then I would go to Con Air, and then I would go to Liar Liar, and then I would go to Face Off, and then Anaconda's even there. But what a weekend! Like, could you imagine just like sitting there in the theater? I could, I could spend all day in the theaters in 1997, July 4th. Like, that sounds like such a blast to see all those films. So, 
that's my first week, and that's what I'm gonna kick it off with. Let's uh, let's see what you guys got. Well, just on that, if you go just a couple weeks later, you could yep. also see Air Force One. Oh, get off my plane, Harrison Ford! <laughs> come on, come on, that's guys, you gotta love that. Ninety-seven <laughs> was a banger of a year. Like after doing some research, I had a couple extra ones, so I'll knock ninety-seven off mine. But ninety-seven, holy, like that July. There was yeah. so, like, because Lost World came out towards the end of June there, that June 20th weekend. And I, I freaking love that film. But it was pushed so far down by mid July, being like mm-hmm. this humongous, it was the biggest film weekend of all time when it was released. <laughs> but it like had sunk to like the eighth spot by the time you get to mid July because everything else had come out. Like it was a crazy year, 97. That's a good choice, man. Good well, choice, July 97. Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes you just these years overlap, and then there's just like so many great films that you're just like, obviously some of them will like slip through the cracks, and I think Batman and Robin is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlos, man, where, where are you going on this journey in time? On this journey in time, well, we're recording on June twenty third, twenty twenty. And the date, June 23rd, has been burned in my mind because I had it posted on my wall for like a good 10, 15 years kind of thing <laughs> in the bedroom of my parents' house in Edgemont. So <laughs> I'm going back to June 23rd, 1989 to see oh. the aforementioned Michael Keaton open up at number one in Batman. Uh, and really, I would probably just see it three or four times and call it a day. So, <laughs> but if I'm forced to watch other things and be more well-rounded, like my teachers at that time said, of said <laughs> Batman obsession, I could go see the number three film, which was Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. And, uh, you know, that one, they shamed Peter Bankman a little bit. So that was good. It was improvement over the first one. <laughs> And then it also had the banging Bobby Brown track. There we go, yeah, man. It did. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That was awesome. So uh, <laughs> I do, I do actually have a soft spot for that one. And uh, after that, I could go see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the best Indiana Jones movie going. Whoa, so I didn't. That's a huge overlap too. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, wild that movie. And then if I want to be uh, a bit of a film connoisseur, I could go see the Dead Poet Society. <laughs> or feel the cool. Exactly. <laughs> or if I just want to go see uh, trash, I go see uh, No Holes Barred with Stallone or Star Trek V. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, so, that's, uh, that's another wild. Star Trek, Batman, Ghostbusters, and Indiana Jones all in one weekend. Yeah, would be all about <laughs> Batman. Like, honestly, if this was a real thing and I went back, I wouldn't see those other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Last Crusade? Come on, give us some love. I do, I do love Last Crusade. Like, I always liked it. I love the Holy Grail stuff. And then, uh, like, my kids, when we were playing Lego Batman, they thought that um, Henry Jones was my dad. <laughs> or Lego <laughs> Indiana Jones on PlayStation. They thought Henry Jones was my dad. So they're like, oh, it's Papa. I want to be Papa. <laughs> so, yeah, I do have a soft spot for that one. But uh, I'm just keeping it real for the listeners. And There you go. Gotta love it. All right, Troy, my dude. Yeah, man. You've hit 88 in the DeLorean. Yes, sir. Man, where, where are you going? Are you going a little far back? Are you going way far back? I'm not going that far at all. I'm going back to one of my the best years of my life, the year I got married, 2017. Woo. 
2017, not far back at all, man. And um, I I mean, come on. One of the best movies of all time, Blade Runner 2049. This movie was a masterpiece. Yeah, man. We're just talking about it, Um, you know, with um, choreography or sorry, cinematography by uh, Roger Deakins. I mean, it's incredible. Um, It, for all you horror lovers there, you know, got that movie. Um, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Matthew Vaughn's probably one of his weaker films, but you know, it is what it is. Annabelle Creation, Sanjay, Wind River. Wind River was incredible and highly under, underrated that year with uh, Jeremy Renner, just a fantastic film. And uh, also uh, Scarlet Witch was in there too. Dunkirk, Tim, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I think you still have some <laughs> no. copy. Yeah. You still have my copy? It. Your Someone's rental fees it. are through the roof, man. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, that's a Christopher Nolan film, his last film that he actually made. Um, yeah, so then we got Logan Lucky as well with Daniel Craig. Uh, come on, the best superhero film of all time. Spider-Man Homecoming, you know what it is. Oh, yeah, man. Debut film. Oh, just watched it yesterday. No, no I didn't. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman, which was, was awesome. That's probably the best DCU film outside of Man of Steel, in my opinion. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, to cap off that trilogy, oh, uh, which is Matt Reeves. You know, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, man. Uh, Baby Driver. I know everybody out there like Baby Driver. That was a fantastic yeah. film. Um, and um, got John Boyega's Detroit. It was huge. Oh, that's that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, man, that year was, there's plenty of other films too. Those are just the ones that I picked that I liked out from there. But that uh, weekend would have been October 6th. So that's crazy. Jeez, that's crazy. I, that's I just missed that. Guardians. Guardians just left. So, oh, I mean, Guardians 2. Yeah. yeah, Guardians 2. So, if I could have, I tried to find the weekend with Guardians 2 in there along with some of those other films. But Blade Runner, I think, just debuted. So, Blade oh, Runner was okay. number one at the box office for that weekend. So, uh, man, I would definitely go back to that that year. Wow, that's, that's, that's another... Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy because it's like the, very, the, like the one theater that you could go to that you could get all... Like, it'd be pretty wild. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. that's a hell of a year. Yeah, man. So, all right. Well, so for me, for my first one here, guys, I'm going, I'm going way back. I'm going way back. And I'm taking advantage of those long release windows here and i'm going back to may 27th 1983 Ooh. i'm going back and seeing i'm seeing the end of what we thought was the end what they thought at the time was the end of star wars with the return of the jedi George lucas is his third installment into that trilogy watch it with everyone send off the star wars trilogy in in great fashion here but also once once i'm done watching that I'm taking advantage of uh, E.T.'s year-long release window. I'm going to see E.T. right after that. And I I love E.T., man. The nostalgia sitting there watching the big screen, experiencing that. Oh, man, coming off the back end, Return of the Jedi. What a weekend that would be. You know, to me, it's, 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 this isn't about density. This isn't about, you know, a ton of films. It's about two superior films just sitting back to back there. Again, going back that far, there's not, a, there's not really anything else that I would have seen in there. So it's only two films. <laughs> but, man, Return of the Jedi, E.T., May 27th, 1983. Whew, man, what a time. What a time. That, those 80s flicks. God, I, I tried to find some overlap with a few other things, but this seemed to be kind of the right window for me, seeing both Steven Spielberg's E.T. and Lucas's, man, two of the greats. <laughs> Back to I back love there. it, man. Wow. What a weekend. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's more about the quality here than it is about the quantity, but back to 83 is where I'd go. Nice. So, all right, Sonny Man, last round for yep. each of us here. All right. Second weekend you're going to go to 
if you have the opportunity to do so. All right. Um, did any of you guys, I don't want to like overlap this, but uh, this one's 2005. Uh, did you guys choose this one? Troy, it's a Carlos? Close one. It's a close one. I know what you're going with. Well, yeah, you basically said that yeah. you were doing it. So yeah, I was like, yeah. Okay. I back okay, off. So it's like, hard, though. It's hard. <laughs> Like if you guys want, I have like I have others. So if you guys want to take this, I'll take it, man. No, it's all you, man. You good? I don't want to fight okay. with you this time. No, it's all you. <laughs> I want that smoke. It's all you. Look at Troy building bridges. Building <laughs> Troy bridges. will just take the next week after and be like, oh, I'm gonna take this week. <laughs> all right. So for my last weekend, I'm gonna go back. Not that long. Well, actually, it is kind of long now, but it doesn't seem like that long ago. 15 years ago to July 15th, 2005. Okay. So let me just picture this. Okay. You go into the theaters and you're like, I really love Star Wars. So I'm going to go see Star Wars episode three. And so What's you go watch. The, um, well, this, the title, I think it's Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> the title was kind of hidden there. And I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to look like a noob. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I go and I see the 11th film that week and that's Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith okay and then once I'm out of there I'm going to go uh, see a film by Mr. Steven Spielberg and uh, Mr. Tom Cruise and that's War of the Worlds which was number 4 that weekend yep. um, bringing in 22 million dollars and then Tom once Cruise I... doing his big run oh, the best <laughs> run ever man oh. I actually Off. think this Chop film is underrated like it's it's honestly up until the end. It's like probably one of my favorite like newer Spielberg films. Like this film is terrific. I just have nothing but like good memories. I saw this in theaters. I remember um, just loving it. And so after I'm done that, I'm gonna cap the night off with a little bit of Batman. And I'm gonna go back to the Christopher Nolan Batman Begins when he saved the franchise and brought it back to like people being like, damn, this was like such a solid movie. And this movie was out. It was a six-week in theater. Batman Begins brought in $9 million. And then once I'm done that, there's so many other great films that you can check out. There's um, Wedding Crashers, which is hilarious. There's Fantastic Four, which, um, okay, not the greatest, but uh, you can check out a Marvel movie. Or you can see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the reboot, which uh, opened that, finished that week with $85 million. So not, a, not like... Um, you know, you're not going without choices. So, I mean, this is such a terrific weekend. I actually saw most of these in theaters. The only one I didn't see in theaters, oddly enough, was episode three because I didn't see the first two. So uh, it would be nice to go back and watch that one finally in theaters, Troy. There you go. Yeah, man. Take me along. <laughs> yeah, I guess think suspicion that 2005 was one that Troy was looking at. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good choices. A lot, a lot of overlap there. 2005 was another really great year in film so all right carlos my man where are you taking us next in this this journey through film history well i'm going back so unlike sonny who got to see all those movies in the theater i'm going back to the year of forbidden fruit like my old man was kind of a prude and like i didn't get to see any of these movies in the theater <laughs> but they are all either classics or there was good reason that i didn't get to see them in theaters <laughs> But I'm going back to July 24th, 1987, and I'm going to go see my all-time favorite movie on the big screen, RoboCop. Nice. R-rated, glorious, so good. It's actually pretty deep if you peel back the layers of the onion. It's got some amazing themes in there, but yeah, 
that'd be what I'm going to see. And then um, also number 11 movie that day was Predator. Another R-rated cool. classic I didn't get to see in the theater. Cool. Good. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Nice. We all know and love. Full Metal Jacket. Dragnet. Uh, La Bamba. La Bamba might be the only one I got to see in theaters. <laughs> and then uh, the first uh, first movie I ever got to see boobs on when I <laughs> low-key got my parents to rent uh, Revenge of the Nerds. And then I was like, oh, yeah, go to bed. I'll just watch this late at night. And so, blew my young mind. And, uh, <laughs> and then ironically, the number four movie that I would actually go see was Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> really? <laughs> What a weekend! That's insane. Uh, oh, that that's a very very diverse set of films. Yeah, it was yeah. just like one of those where it's just like here I am, like old guy now, and I'm like, I, why was I denied all these like pleasures? Yes. In my Boobs. Life. For some reason, I thought you were gonna say Total Recall because I was like, whoa, you got to see three of those, but I was like, nah. No. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. It was only two. That was a few years later for Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. What a year. What a year. <laughs> all right. All right, Troy, man. Where are you taking us to 2005 too? No, no, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm a bore. I'm, I'm only going back to 2018, 2018, but we're going back to 2018, man, because that's the first time us four all got to see the movie Aquaman together. Oh, so nice. um, that was a dope time, man. That's a, that was a lot of fun. So Aquaman was number one. And sorry, that year is 2018 and it's December 27th that weekend. So um, Aquaman, you got Mary Poppins in there. You got Spider-Verse. What up, Stu? Stu Bakken knows what it is. Bumblebee. <laughs> Um, man, there's there's a tons. Ralph breaks the internet was still playing. Oh, yeah. um the favorite I did not like, but Bohemian Rhapsody was awesome. Like, oh, and obviously yeah, it won right. the Oscar, and Remy Malik won Best Picture, so or Best Actor. So that movie was just a blast. There was a, there was a lot of bangers that year as well. A Star is Born as well. Uh, Lady Gaga killed it, and obviously, mm-hmm. um, how did I get uh, Rocket Raccoon? Um, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Bradley Cooper uh, was incredible <laughs> and actually sang in that movie. That was actually all him. So, wow. yeah, it was a cool movie. And also that documentary, uh, Free Solo, all about rock climbing without mm-hmm. a rope. Uh, man, that was something else. That was, I would have loved to see that actually on the big screen. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there that year. So I'm going with uh, with 2018, man. And it's also the year I think I won the box office fantasy draft. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Just adding a few more bucks to that total. It's gonna be so weird if we're all seeing Aquaman and then Second Troy walks into the theater. Yeah. You'd be like, "What the hell is this?" It's so funny. Maybe he was there and behind us, just watching us. Like, yeah. Little did you know, <laughs> guys, there's gonna be a pandemic in a few years. Get ready. Yeah. Stock up on gloves, masks, yeah. and hand sanitizer. Don't worry, you won't run out of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, I gotta take us home here, guys. Like you, Troy, I'm not going too far back in time here. I'm going back to August 1st, 2014. That weekend, we got the debut of Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn bringing us this group of misfits that everyone falls in love with. And this is a comic book I loved going into this. I felt like, you know, I, I was there before. I loved it before. Everyone loved it after. I remember actually walking out and seeing this. Like, I was in the Okanagan seeing this. But also, still showing at that time, you know, all the way from its release date, I believe in late April, was The Winter Soldier. Come on. You got my favorite group. 
and we've got my dude Captain America, you know, on the screen in that that pivotal role and arguably the game changer for Captain America in the MCU. Like you say, always Troy, that MC or that Winter Soldier effect, you know, bringing Cap, putting him up on that pedestal in the MCU and giving him that space. But guys, also we got to remember too, X Men space, Revisor yes. Marvel, Days of Future Past. Yeah, on that same weekend, Days of Future Past, arguably, you know. It's it's one of my favorite X Men films, um, you know, save X two, X one, and that. But this one here, it it does it has all the right the right pieces there. You know, you could argue that maybe the story doesn't stay true to the source material, but I think it does a lot of right things in here, and I really enjoy Days of Future Past, bringing back that that retro cast too after you know quite a long hiatus. So a lot of fun there, and also Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was also in theaters yeah. here. You know, what a weekend the matt reeves stuff like oh I, I love what he did with those films and uh yeah great weekend four big big films yeah and arguably you know i think we've had this conversation before you know you could argue that that 2014 and namely in this space is some of the best comic book films that have ever been put to screen um especially have a grouping where you could you know there's a, a date and time where you could see all these at one time in theaters and i did see all three all four of these actually in theaters not on this one day but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, that's where, that's where I'd be going. Uh, maybe back to the Okanagan. Give uh, future past him a high five. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Amazing Spider-Man Two still playing, or was that out? Was it I done? Believe, but it debuted in when July, so it would have yeah. still been in theaters too. Still would have been crazy. Still Not so good, cut. but yeah, yeah. Don't blame you. Don't yeah, blame yeah. <laughs> but it still would have been kind of fun to see it, right? You get to see how many times can you say you got to see a Spider-Man? x-men and mcu film in yeah. theaters like that's probably the last time we'll ever get to do that at the same time obviously yeah yeah from three different uh studios because now they're all one <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so all right guys well that, that kind of wraps up our our don't turn back time or look into the past here and revisiting some of these weekends and it just goes to show that you know it's it's pretty incredible the quality and of films that you get and it's namely in that summer time frame that you're getting this big overlap here those release windows so ton of fun sunjay you know from the mind from the the crazy and deviant mind of, of one sunjay comes another <laughs> another fun revisiting of of the weekends of the past and it's uh it'd be interesting to go back and see uh even the box office tallies for some of these weekends and and who would have won that because might need to use that to see who wins that trophy this year (laughs) because right now carlos (laughs) is still out in front (laughs) yeah well i saw the number one the number one movie this weekend was jurassic park it made like five hundred thousand bucks 30 years after its debut yeah or whatever it has been it, it shows shows back up at number one. <laughs> Pretty crazy stuff. So, how much did it make? Uh, Five hundred thousand. <laughs> That's actually pretty good bank for a movie that everybody owns, right? Yeah, and everyone's yeah. seen. And it's also on Netflix, I think. <laughs> <laughs> not so, bad, man. Not bad. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this turn back time or turn back of time. And guys, if you got some opinions on what weekend you go to, we'd love to hear them because you can email us at the norm at gmail.com or you can catch us on Twitter and let us know what you think of the episode and what you think of, of the weekends that we chose here and where you'd go back to. Maybe you'd go back to 2012 and see Avengers and the Dark Knight Rises together. Or maybe you'd you know, go back to a couple weeks later and see Air Force One Men and Black Lost World together. Maybe pitch Ooh. up Batman and Robin. Who knows? I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see what you guys say. You could even go back to July 2008. See Iron Man, Dark Knight. 
you know, one theater oh, one time. Man. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. big years. So let us know what you guys think. Like I said, on Twitter, email. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. And you can also find some images of all the hunts and the figures and all the stuff that we're doing over on Instagram. Again, that is at the nerd RM. And we are a part of the Star Wars Commonwealth, so you can find more Star Wars content over there, StarWarsCommonwealth.com. You know, there's some great stuff going on. Even with, you know, the, the crazy laps in Star Wars news, the guys are still pulling out fantastic content. And what else we got? Oh, yeah, like I always, we always do. We got to give a big shout out to Man Rob Wade for endorsing this podcast over Morsley14.com. Go check out what he's doing as well as all the other endorsed podcasts over there. So big shout out and thank you to him. And guys, we got we got another big week next week. We're going to see what's, what's coming down the pipe here, but we're definitely, definitely going to be talking something. And we're going to get to probably our vote, our nominations for Promptly. the next big review that we're going to do. This is our quarterly oh, review. Yeah, that was my second guess. Our, our listener choice review. So we're going to throw some films up there. For you guys to choose over on Twitter, and we're going to be reviewing one of those in the coming weeks here. So fingers crossed, we got some trailers or something here, some news in the future. But I always do have fun revisiting stuff on these episodes. So guys, with all that being said, for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm Sanjay. Thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room. This has been a nerd room podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at. The Nerd RM, Troy the Boy 87, and Sun Jabby. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out the nerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.